With us today is uh, former Governor David Patterson, and uh, we're trying to figure out what's going on in Albany, what's going on in our state, and is our state and city in New York going to be a better place to live in the future? Governor, Sunday morning, you're drinking your, 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 your coffee, you're drinking your tea. Tell us what's going on. How do you feel? Well, John, as I continue to drink my tea, it's what continues to go on, which is that the saga, the governor filling the appointment of a chief judge to the Court of Appeals of the state of New York. The state of New York is the only state that its highest court is not the state Supreme Court. It's the Court of Appeals. And a... Uh, A minority committee member on the Judiciary Committee, uh, Senator Palumbo, has brought an action against the Senate, against the the majority, the Senate Democrats, because after Judge LaSalle lost in the committee vote, they closed down his nomination. In other words, they refused to bring him to the floor of the Senate. Now, this makes... Uh, little sense because the state constitution mirrors the federal constitution where, for instance, in 1987, um, Judge Robert Bork, he was shut down in committee. He was a Reagan appointee, but the committee referred it to the Senate, Senate where they voted again, and he was not confirmed. Um, a lot of people didn't like it, but at least In that case, they respected the process. In this case, the Democrats, unfortunately, cannot cite any reason why uh, Mr. LaSalle's nomination didn't go to the full Senate, especially since the language mirrors that of the United States Constitution. Now, I'll say this very quickly, John. I once appointed someone to a commission, and this person... (laughs) when they got in front of the Senate committee just to be interviewed, decided to tell off the senators and was promptly voted down. Now, there was in that particular case, because it wasn't at the level of chief judge or something like that, that was the end of my nomination. And I then uh, contacted the governor-elect, Andrew Cuomo, and told him that that nomination had failed, so he should start thinking about who he would like there. So that's an example where that, that's probably the type of example that they're trying to follow here. But the breadth of the Court of Appeals and the high honor to serve on it, uh, I thought, got sullied through this process. Governor Hochul did not bring this action. Um, I, he probably did not want to sue other Democrats. That's probably what that was about. So this suit is proper and he will win. I understand the Constitution clearly says that it's going to be a vote of the Senate, not the Senate Judiciary Committee. And uh, let's see what happens. I mean, look, I think uh, the uh, uh, Judge uh, LaSalle is very qualified. I think uh, it was one of the his, his, he's a Latino, very few Latinos in uh, in uh, Albany. And number three, he was one of the seven that the committee originally uh, the, the committee that picks judges originally gave Governor Hochul. And she picked one of the seven 
So I think Governor Hochul is right. I think the I think uh, the judge is the right uh, person. And I'm just concerned about uh, what's going to happen in uh, in our uh, state if uh, we well, get he, the wrong he, person. Well, there's a commission that's set up. They picked seven judges. He was on that uh, that list. He was also on a list that was submitted to the governor by legislators of people that they would not vote for if she selected him. Now, that's where I think the process originally went wrong, because they were basically saying our judgment supersedes yours. And the um, governor showing a lot of courage took the candidate who she thought was best and stuck to him through the end. So we, you know, congratulate her for doing that. But the the overarching problem here is that the most important thing, the, what's more important than Judge LaSalle, what's more important than the Senate, the uh, Senate Democrats, and what's more important than Governor Hochul, is that the process be followed. And on two occasions, they demonstrated that they didn't want to follow the process. And, and it's not a political process. It's a constitutional one. Crime. Uh, is, is it still going on? I mean, I saw I saw on Friday, Thursday or Friday, uh, somebody shot uh, in Times Square. And uh, t- tell us about what, what your feelings are. There was a shooting in Times Square uh, late Thursday afternoon. Uh, you know, I think the isolated uh, shootings, uh, you can report them. But I think the uh, the reports are that the overall crime is somewhat reduced right now. But, of course, this week, you wouldn't even really want to think about it because of the tragic uh, murder of the police officer in Brooklyn. And, uh, and the fact that the person who murdered him had been uh, arrested 13 other times and convicted several of them for other offenses. So it goes back to your whole theory, John, that there aren't really that many criminals. It's just that they get more chances to wreak havoc on our city and our state. And, um, and we've got to find a way to um, pick between the people who've perhaps committed a wrong act at some point in their life. And it's a blemish on their record, but it's the only thing they ever did. And uh, you know, when they pay their debt to society, we let them move on. And then people who time after time that they get out in the morning and they're back in the evening because they've committed another crime. And that's what I think. That's where I think there can be some uh, understanding between both sides of the aisle that we're not really talking about policy as much as we're talking about certain individuals where there needs to be greater incarceration to protect society from that. Oh, I, I believe a lot of people discussed it last week. Uh, we got eight and, a, eight and a half million people in New York City. Mayor Adams, you know, we, me and you uh, were in the studio when uh, uh, Commissioner Sewell told us there's 3,300 violent repeat criminals. Now, Mayor Adams had a, a press conference last week. I think he mentioned 1,700 are the worst, worst uh, repeat criminals. For whom do the bells toll? Is it for the, for the 1,700 repeat violent criminals or the 8.5 million New Yorkers that want to live in a civilized New York City? What, what say you, uh, David Patterson? 
Well, you know, that's why in the past, and I would cite uh, the last couple of years of Mayor Dinkins and then um, the period that Mayor Giuliani was there, is if you focus on that group, believe it or not, you can bring the crime statistics down rather quickly. And, uh, and you know who the group is because all you have to do is look at the conviction rates. Now, we can't assume that someone's guilty of a crime and just start punishing them when we arrest them. But these people were already arrested, and they either avoided longer jail time than they should have had, or somehow they uh, escaped having to um, be tried on those particular offenses. But it's, it's as, as devastating as it is when we hear about these crimes, people being thrown on the subway tracks and uh, the Asian woman who was murdered right outside her home about a year ago in lower Manhattan and, you know, the real high profile situations. Uh, the fact is that there are reasonable ways to deal with this and that the, to be fair to the legislators, the bail reform that they worked on, what they were looking for was not to have people that didn't have enough cash to get out for relatively small offenses. Well, they covered that. The criticism that they got was that they not, did not go further and give judges discretion. And that makes New York State the only state that hasn't done that. But I think we could really learn something from our neighbors across the bridge in New Jersey and our neighbors and rivals from 3,000 miles away in California because they actually have, in a sense, a scale that determines uh, – based on the crime and who the defendant is, in other words, prior acts, that the judges would have more discretion. Uh, because it, it, if you're going to be the one state that separates themselves from the rest of the union, you're going to get criticism all the time. Well, Governor Patterson, uh, we, we pray for peace and tranquility in our city. Uh, we pray that no more people move out of our city. 484,000 people have moved in the last 24 months. At one point or another, if they keep moving, we're going to run out of taxpayers. It lowers the population. It reduces the number of uh, congressional districts that we have. It um, uh, reduces the number of people that... We're going to run out of money, from. bottom line. We're exactly. going to run out of and money. The people, and the people are leave, who are leaving, their relative income is about... 20 to 30 percent higher than the people who are forced to stay, meaning that if they had the resources, they would leave, too. And you really want to reverse that kind of thing. And we've already seen the devastating consequences of that in upstate New York. Well, Governor, uh, ex-Governor Patterson, I hope I wish it was an ex, but you're a common sense guy. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for what you've done for our state and our city and continue to speak out for it. And we'll talk again real soon. Take care, John. Thank you. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com